0: On today's show, the financial service industry was hit with over half a billion dollars in penalties today. That's kind of like you or me getting a parking ticket. It stings, but it's manageable. I mean, it's a parking ticket. They stink. You're listening to The Crowd Effect. I am your host, Paul Lovejoy, licensed investment advisor at Stakeholder Capital. In a striking display of a regulatory one-two punch, both the Commodity Futures Trading Commission and the Security Exchange Commission took action today against several major financial institutions for their failure to comply with critical record-keeping and supervision requirements. These actions underscore the crucial role that proper documentation and oversight play in maintaining market integrity, investor protection, and the overall stability of our financial system. The CFTC, the regulatory authority overseeing the derivatives markets, slapped four financial giants. French giants BNP Paribas and Société Générale, American megabank Wells Fargo, and Canadian Bank of Montreal. The Giants have been found guilty of failing to preserve, maintain, or produce records required by the CFTC. Moreover, these institutions neglected diligent supervision of matters related to their roles as swap dealers and future commission merchants. These are very complicated, uh, involved investments. The settlements reached between the firms and the CFTC involve admission of the violations in order to cease and desist from further non-compliance and implementation of remedial actions to rectify their shortcomings. The penalties imposed on the institutions are substantial, reaching a cumulative total of $260 million. But wait, there's more parallel to the cftc's actions the sec has brought charges against 11 firms including for long-standing failures to maintain and preserve electronic communications these failures in violation of federal securities laws included widespread off-channel communications through personal messaging platforms like imessage whatsapp and signal the firm's Neglect to retain these communications impeded the SEC's ability to monitor and enforce compliance. Advisors and brokers at these firms were communicating with their clients on their personal devices using apps like WhatsApp without recording the communications as required by law. The firms admitted to their violations and accepted penalties totaling a substantial 289 million dollars. The penalties are accompanied by commitments to improve compliance policies and procedures to prevent future violations, just like the CFTC did. So both the CFTC and SEC's actions appear to be sending a unified message to financial firms of the critical nature of maintaining proper records and supervisory measures as fundamental pillars of a well-functioning market system. The penalties today, which total over half a billion dollars, is an ongoing effort by regulators to crack down on the financial service industry's lack of keeping communication records. The financial penalties are only part of the equation, as I mentioned before, as firms are also required to institute remedial measures to ensure that such violations do not occur again in the future. Will it work? I am not holding my breath. Gerber S. Grewall, director of the SEC's Division of Enforcement, issued a warning to institutions that haven't self-reported their record-keeping failures. And here I quote, So here are three takeaways for those firms who haven't yet done so. Self-report, cooperate, and remediate. If you adopt that playbook, you'll have a better outcome than if you wait for us to come calling. Director of Enforcement at the CFTC, Ian McGinley, also issued a warning. The Commission's message could not be more clear. Record keeping and supervision requirements are fundamental, and registrants that fail to comply with these core regulatory obligations do so at their own peril. The firm that was hit the hardest today was the US's third largest bank, Wells Fargo, with a whopping combined $200 million fine. French megabanks BNP Paribas and Societe Generale were next, each getting stung for $110 million apiece. The financial service industry is the most regulated industry in the United States with six main regulators, six, right? So we have the Federal Reserve Bank, uh, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, the Security Exchange Commission, and the Commodity Futures Trading Commissions. You know, there are also more regulators at the state level, and not to mention the non-governmental agencies such as FINRA, which I'm regulated by. So why are there so many regulators in the financial industry? Well, it's because the financial industry is the most unethical and corrupt industry in the world. According to the Violation Tracker Project, six out of the ten most penalized companies in the united states are banks you know including the four major u.s banks bank of america chase wells fargo and citigroup these four banks combined hold half of all the banking assets in the united states these heavily the most penalized, and most unethical corporations are holding half of our banking assets. Uh, Now, not to be outdone by the U.S. banks, foreign banks are heavily penalized in the United States as well. And they don't have as big as an operation here. Uh, You have Swiss bank UBS occupying the fourth most penalized corporation in the United States. Germany's Deutsche Bank is in the number nine spot and French bank BNP Paribas is in the 17th spot which may move up a spot after receiving this 110 million dollar penalty maybe not though. By the way the top four banks in France control over 85 percent of all the French bank, uh, banking assets so a concentration of wealth isn't just a US a problem. It's a global problem as well. UBS, they control over a third. Just one bank controls over a third of all the banking assets in Switzerland. And in Germany, they're not so bad. Five banks control around 40% of all their banking assets. And we can go country by country, but I think you get the idea. So why is the financial service industry the most unethical sector in our global economy. Okay, so let's unpack this a little bit. Um, Many of us have thought about uh, the way corporations are designed with a corporate bottom line that seeks to maximize profits for their shareholders. Every quarter there is something called a quarterly report which uh, shows um, what happened in the, the past three months and also issues uh, projections. What will what they think will happen in the next three months? So if a quarterly report is shining and it looks great, well, uh, the stock price get, it goes up. The uh, executive teams get fat bonuses, and and everybody is you know celebrating and and having a, a wonderful time. And if the quarterly report is not so good, well. The stock prices go down and their shareholders are legally um, allowed, uh, they have the authority to fire the the executives uh, in the corporation. And so it creates this system where there is a constant pressure to increase quarterly profits. And within the... Uh, financial sector it's even worse because there's all that money there um, the, the, the the financial services they, they have our money they're, they're and it's so tempting to um, to take it and, and to abuse us because it's right there it's right there they can get in their grasp and there's so much pressure to do so so okay so they do the abuse uh, the financial industry does the abuse and what happens well they get regulated and more regulatory institutions are built uh, to oversee them and what do the banks do well uh, the banks still have that pressure to increase their quarterly profit that doesn't go away you can't regulate that away that pressure It, it doesn't go away so they it just all it does is create an, an even more intense pressure to increase their prof- profits. And now uh, the the banking executives and the employees, they have to get creative with, uh, you know, how they increase their profits. So what do we see? We see uh, nasty fees that banks um Uh, impose on us oftentimes double-dipping like Bank of America just got fined you know 250 million dollars a couple of weeks ago for for doing that so they get creative with their fees and they look for other ways to uh, increase their profits and oftentimes at the detriment to um, its customers the and you look at the if you look at the the violations that they have uh, amassed these banks it's it's uh, uh, investor protection uh, violations it's um uh, it's uh, toxic security abuses it's really targeting uh, us as consumers uh to to just so they can increase their quarterly profits and and keep their job Uh, you know we have that self-interest in mind and and we want to keep our job and so we we fall prey to this pressure and we keep and we keep doing it so it just it's just a never-ending cycle that it will never go away in fact any time these regulations that they're imposing on these these institutions today you know that they say okay not only do you have to pay the penalty but you have to implement new regulations to make sure that it ha- that doesn't happen well that's going to make these banks operating expense go up which does what? It increases this pressure to increase quarterly profits. When the uh, pressure, you know, when the costs go up, so does the pressure. So I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't um, regulate these corporations. We can't have them uh, abusing us. Uh, That just can't happen, but it's not going to fix the problem. We have a broken financial system and what will, Well, good news is there are some steps that you can take that will not only help fix our broken financial system, but it's in your own best financial interest to do so. You see, I'm a fiduciary. That means I am both legally and ethically bound to look out for my client's best financial interest. And I tell my clients, to put your money into a credit union, it's better for you. Um, now, credit unions—they're nonprofits, so they don't have this pressure uh, that that uh, for-profit banks have. Instead, when they make uh, more money, they earn more revenue than their expenses. Well, they don't have to pay out to. Uh, shareholders, instead they pump it right back into the credit union uh, giving um, the their members uh, lower interest rates uh, when they take out loans uh, higher interest rates on their savings account uh, they offer free services like Oftentimes, a free financial uh, education and counseling. Um, I know I've gotten uh, my medallion service for free at my credit union, notary service for free at my credit union. Where as uh, having banked at Wells Fargo, I used to have to pay for that kind of stuff. So first off, it's in your financial interest to to put your money into a credit union. They also offer lines of credit, which many of the Chase and Bank of America they don't offer lines of personal lines of credit. These are fantastic. Uh, they're uh, it's it's like having a, a credit card that's that's attached to your debit card, except the interest rates is half. You know, a credit card interest rates average around twenty percent. A personal line of credit is 10%. So overwhelmingly, it's in your best financial interest to put your money into a credit union. It also uh, dilutes the concentration of wealth that these banks have, and, and it disperses in a much more community-orientated or uh, orientated way. And that is one simple step you could do. Uh, a- another simple step is to um, uh, invest your money into peer-to-peer lending platforms uh, that uh, fund loans through crowdfunding. Uh, an example of that is Prosper, where uh, you can fund personal loans, uh, you know, just um, individual lenders are are loaning individual borrowers money. And let's say uh, somebody wants to borrow um, uh, $1,000, which you can do on the Prosper platform, Well, as an investor, you don't have to loan that person the entire thousand dollars. Instead, they have investment minimums of $25. So you can uh, uh, invest $25 into funding that loan. And 39 other people can also uh, contribute 25 to to fund that loan and it's a way to it's a market-based approach to redistribute wealth from banks and to give it us to regular people uh, because in the past when you needed to get a loan that's where you'd go you go to a bank but now uh, with technology and the power of crowdfunding there's no need to do that anymore uh, so it's a it's another step that that we can take to Uh, fix our broken financial system. Uh, My name is Paul Lovejoy. I am a crowd investor and I see you are one too. If you'd like to know the three secret steps to fix our broken financial system, legally, ethically, and without confrontation, go to stakeholderenterprise.com.